to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast for dog owners. If you find yourself in precarious predicaments with your dog, this podcast is for you. I'm Rachel Harris. I'm a certified professional dog trainer, and I hope to give you a fresh outlook on your dog's behavior and practical dog training advice. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Disorderly Dogs, the podcast. I hope that you all are well wherever you are. We're having um, what's referred to as a false spring here in Colorado. We've got some really nice weather, but uh, us natives know that the snow is inevitable still. It is not quite spring yet, Um, but we're really enjoying the change in weather and seeing all the little bulbs start to bloom. Ooh, amazing. So just a little tidbit, if you didn't know this, my husband, Corey, is a horticulturist, so I have the great luxury of enjoying many of the plants um, that are starting to bloom in our garden. So yay for garden season. So guys, I am still trying to figure out um, some sound issues that I'm having. So I hope that this uh, recording is not terrible, but just know that I'm working to improve the quality of this podcast. So just hang in there with me. So guys, I am really, really excited to share with you um, some case studies. So I have some amazing clients who took time out of their day to talk with me about the training journey that we went on together. And I have two case studies and they are specifically about dogs who are reactive to um, other dogs on leash. I know that this is really common. I know that a lot of you guys struggle with this. Well, I guess you don't struggle with it. The the dog struggles with it and then in turn you struggle with it. But um, I'm really excited to um, share this information. I think it's going to be really relatable and I think it's going to make you feel a lot better about your situation. Um, And guys, that is why I've created my reactive redefined online course. So I'm still working on some of the details but I'm hoping to release it in April. So it's coming soon. Um, And there's going to be two different iterations of Reactive Redefined. I'm going to do it in a group coaching program, and then you're going to be able to get access to the course content and do it solo. Um, But this time, um, the, the group is going to work like... Um, you know, kind of like a support group almost. So we're going to meet every two weeks for three months. Um, and we're not going to meet in person. We're going to meet virtually. So wherever you are, we can make this work for you. So if you think that you may be a good fit, if you'd like to be a part of this program, I would love if you would fill out a questionnaire for me and you can access that questionnaire by heading over to my website, agfdogtraining.com and you can click on reactive redefined and then there is a link to the um, the form that I'm talking about. So I want to interview people and make sure that my course is right for you. So that's why I'm not just going to open it up for like open registration because again, I want to make sure that this course content and the group coaching program is going to be suitable so that um, you and your dog can be more successful. So guys, in today's episode, um, Boone's people uh, join me and we talk about the training journey that we went on together. We talk about um, his reactivity, his motivations for reactivity, and what we did to work through that reactivity. And we talk timelines, right? So timelines as far as like when I worked with them, 
and then how quickly they were able to see results. So I hope that you guys enjoy this episode. And if you have any questions about Reactive Redefine, just send me a DM over on the Instagram at a good feeling underscore NCO. And if you know people who have reactive dogs, please do me a favor and share this episode with them. Um, I want people to know that they're not alone. I know that owning a reactive dog can feel quite isolating at times. So let's support our fellow reactive dog owners and please share this episode. Guys, if you haven't already, I would greatly appreciate you rating and reviewing this podcast on Apple Podcasts. It's super easy. You can just scroll down, click write a review, click however many stars you think I deserve and jot a few words about what you like about the podcast. So guys, enjoy this episode and I am really looking forward to opening Reactive Redefine for enrollment. Calling all reactive dog owners. Y'all, I know that owning a reactive dog is daunting, it's overwhelming, it's stressful, but I want to give you tools. I want to make your life easier. So that is why I created Reactive Redefined. Reactive Redefined is an online course for reactive dog owners uh, so that you have the skills to improve your dog's reactivity and to make outings more enjoyable. So if you'd like to learn more about Reactive Redefined, head over to my website, agfdogtraining.com. Um, click Reactive Redefined to learn more. All right, everybody, I am here with some of my lovely clients who have taken time out of their busy days to share their training journey with their dogs. So guys, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourselves first, and then we'll talk about Boone. Okay. Uh, my name's Megan. And I'm Alex. And we're Boone's humans. Your, te- <laughs> your team Boone. Your team, team Boone. Boone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so let's talk about Boone. So um, why don't you tell all of the listeners um, about Boone, how old he is, his breed? Okay, yeah. Uh, Boone is not quite two. He'll be two in May. It's uh, end of January right now. And uh, he's a Labradoodle. Uh, super friendly, super high energy. Uh, yeah, about 52 pounds. Yeah. Oh my God. And he's a total love. He really is. Um, okay. So, so can you tell the listeners why you guys decided on his breed? Uh, yeah. So I, uh, have had severe dog allergies my whole life. Um, was never able to be around dogs, could never have sleepovers as a kid. Like it was, it was that bad. Um, and Alex grew up, uh, his sister's a vet. He's had tons of animals his whole life. So it was this big thing in our relationship about, (laughs) you know, I was like, I can't get a dog. And he was like, well, we need a dog. So so one day he um, drove me so nuts about asking for a dog that I said, you know, just find some hypoallergenic dogs and let me prove to you that I'm allergic to them. Uh, So, you know, within an hour, he had appointments made to go visit puppies. (laughs) Um, you to make moves. If you want a dog, you got to make moves. <laughs> like the best thing that's ever happened to him. Uh, and uh, so we found a breeder in uh, Brighton, Colorado, and she let us come over. And I ended up being allergic to some of the dogs that we were looking at. And then a couple, and Alex was so upset. You know, I was like, I told you, I can't have a dog. <laughs> and then a few weeks later, she called us and said she had a puppy who the family had some medical issues and they couldn't take him. And just, do we want to meet him? So we came up, I'm not gonna lie, I was a little allergic, but it wasn't too bad. And then by the time you meet the puppy, you're like kind of- In love. <laughs> so it all worked out. I mean, I was a little bit allergic at first, but um, I think I just kind of grew an immunity to him, plus allergy shots and things like that. And now I'm 
totally fine. And now I want 15 dogs and, you know, <laughs> so that's kind of how we landed on Boone. I love it. Yes. Okay. So, um, so let's talk about, okay. And, he, and how old was he when you guys got him? Eight weeks. Yeah, eight. Puppy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. So you had him from, from puppy on, which is which yeah. so much fun. Okay. Yes. And, and I think that that's important for some of my listeners to recognize that like, even if you get the puppy at eight weeks, it doesn't mean that like you can prevent any issue ever from arising. Right. Right. <laughs> right? Like yeah, totally. sometimes <laughs> these things just happen and, and it's really quite normal. Okay. So let's talk about when you started to notice um, him being slightly reactive. So let's talk about um, what he is reactive to. Okay. I think we said we noticed, I mean, he's probably always been like this, but you know, when he's so little, it's easily excusable. You know, people don't get annoyed when like a little tiny puppy is jumping on them. I would say maybe six months is when I started to really notice. And then I think Alex started to, to agree probably like eight or nine months. Yeah. Eight or nine months. for sure. Um, Alex is more laid back. He's, he's had dogs, whereas, you know, I wasn't used to the, the puppies. So to me, I'm like, what is he doing? He's like, this is normal. Um, but then it became something he never grew out of. Um, so I guess what it mostly was of when we walk in, when he's on leash, if he would see another dog and another person for a while. Humans, yeah. Yeah. He would, I mean, just do, do backflips, like, Literally. Like literally do that, like <laughs> yeah. just going nuts, barking, crying, running, like just trying to get to the dog. And it wasn't, he just wanted to play with the dog, play with the, he just wants attention from anyone and anything. Um, so it was a really excited reaction. Like not a negative one at all. Yeah. But just like, just we couldn't control him. So, you know, we didn't want to take him places Social or environments. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just hard to enjoy ourselves when we knew we were going to have other dogs or people around and we wanted to take him, but yeah, for sure. Okay. So, and this was pretty specifically to when he was on leash, when he was off leash, she could like happily interact with dogs and people without like the same display of like overzealous behavior. Yes. I mean, if he would be like off leash, like he would, yeah, just like play like a normal dog. I mean, he would get excited, but it was, I think it was just the fact that he was, couldn't get, you know, maybe was limited to get to them. I don't, I don't know, but, uh, it was much worse on leash than it was off leash. Like yeah. off leash, he can calm himself on leash. Like it just would never stop. It just, yeah. Would, yeah. For they sure. would be a mile away and he'd still be looking at them, like trying to do a backflip to get but to please, them. But please, but yeah. please. Yes. Literally. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. what his head is saying. I know it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, and like, so I think it's important because I know that reactivity is just like the super general vague term, but right. when we're talking about reactivity, right, we're looking at observable behavior, right? So, so Boone was pulling, he was vocalizing and he was displaying clear frustration because he couldn't right. get to the thing. Right. So I think that that's really important to everyone to recognize that like reactivity isn't just one thing, right? We just need to look at like individual behaviors and that's what we can be addressing instead of just like slapping a label. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, so I think that in Boone's case that his cause for the reactivity was frustration because he so desperately wanted to get there, but he couldn't because of the leash. Do you agree? Totally. Do you think that that's yeah. like what his, re- yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You just, 
really wanted, <laughs> really wants yeah. to get to those dogs. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. So when you started noticing the reactivity, so I just want my listeners to recognize that like six to eight months is a very normal time for like a dog to start to become frustrated on leash. If they really just adore people and dogs to the extent that Boone does. Right. Right. And I think that his deep desire to like get attention from so many people and dogs. I think that that led to frustration. I think that that's how the reactivity kind of manifested itself. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, um, let's talk about the moment when you guys decided like, maybe we need some professional help. Yeah. So I think <laughs> it, again, Alex, I mean, Bordesive Purcells, I'm very type A, he's very type B. So he's like, you know, it's okay, no problem. I'm like, we gotta get this fixed. Like, you know, um, and we tried different things like the different don't pull leashes and all, and all those things can help, but in the end, they're not getting to the root of the problem. Um, so we talked about- It's just for better enjoyment, you know, with for our dog and for us too, you know, when we want to go out, you know, on a hike or on a walk with them or- on a dog park, making sure the recall there. I mean, it was just making sure we have a, you know, a really great dog and not just a, an okay dog, you know? Right. I think that was it. But what, about what age, maybe? Well, we started seeing you in like October. So yeah. I think, it, I think we started year. talking about it a little over a year, but then it was just like, we would look into dog classes, group classes, and nothing really addressed exactly what we needed. You know, he needed to start at like the puppy class that I'm like, he can do all those things. or the, the big group class had a little bit of what we needed, but not exactly what we needed. So I think we started looking around a little after a year, but then we started working with you. He was at least a year and a half, I would yeah. say. Um, so it was just kind of like, we tried to look at all solutions, training things we saw online or leashes or this or that. And at the end we were like, we surrender. <laughs> Well, and, and, and like, you know, I need to commend you guys because like when I came into the picture, Boone already had a fabulous foundation of training, right? Like, it's not like no. you hadn't did it, done it. Right. No, we trained him. him a, we trained him a lot. I mean, you know, he hadn't been to any, we never did any puppy classes, which maybe we should have for the socialization aspect. Um, and we realize that now. <laughs> um, but yeah, we definitely trained him, but this was just something that we just didn't know how to fix we just yeah, yeah for sure <laughs> nothing works yeah. well and I think that that's one of the beautiful things about private training right is that we can I can literally just customize specifically to the right. dog's issue right and you don't feel like you're like going to a group class every week and you're not actually addressing the thing that's causing you the most frustration exactly right. and another thing is we the thing that was our problem was him getting so overly excited around dogs and we're like well if we go to group classes I think <laughs> like how are we gonna manage this one stimulation you know? overload yeah we were like we don't know if that's the right idea uh if you know that's gonna help us or hurt us going to a yeah, group class so for sure so, yeah. for sure okay so before we actually met like the first time I came to your house did you guys have any like worries or like reservations about training or were you like ready to rock you're like let's just do this I mean we were definitely ready to rock at that point but I guess you know just realizing that is this going to help is this are we going to get accomplished what we need to get accomplished are we going to be able to train him right are we going to be able to continue the training like is she going to just do some magic and then we're not going to be able to follow up and understand the magic you know what i mean so i guess we were definitely and that's maybe what took us not that it took us a long time but took us long enough to decide that it was really 
worth our investment. Um, yeah. Well, and I think that that's important that people realize like, like it is not a small investment, right? Right. To, like, in, invest in training. And, you know, I like to think that I'm worth it, but I think that initially I, I think that it could be overwhelming. Like, oh my God, do I really want to invest this much money in it? Right. Well, I guess, what did we say? We were like a, an investment now for a lifetime of enjoyment with your dog outside in the places that you want. And that's kind of what, I think that's what I was sold on it. And Alex was a little more hesitant. And then I remember saying that to you, yeah. like, this is a, a, a one, a, a, a small investment in the grand scheme of life. You know, he's one years old. If we can get these problems fixed now, think of the next 15 years. And Alex was like, literally said, okay, hire her. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. So anyone needed, you know, that's what you got to say. No. (laughs) Well, and it's super sound logic and it's so true, you know, and I feel like a lot of people struggle with dogs, like around the age that we're talking about here, you know, like six months, like a year and a half, like the adolescent stage is real and all dogs. And I think that investing in training now can, you know, prevent a lot of frustration and just catapult you to where you want to be so that you can just enjoy the dog more instead of being like, could you please stop doing this? Yes, totally. Totally. Yeah. Okay. So, um, okay. So I want to talk about what we worked on together. So, um, so guys, we did five total sessions and we spread that over like a couple of months, right? We had like two-ish to a couple weeks in between training sessions. So, Mm -hmm. um, okay. So I came and I showed you guys and what we first worked on was the foundation of teaching him the behavior of walking at your side. And Boone wasn't like terrible on leash in general, but I wanted to teach him the behavior of walking at your side so that we could use it in those moments of like, Oh my God, there's a dog so that it could help collect him. So, um, so did he do any like, like formal walking at your side before we started training together? Um, we taught him heal, but again, we didn't really know how we were, we kind of just made up how we taught it. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a formal teach. It was kind of like, yeah. we're winging this, we're giving you treats, we're saying heal and you're staying by yourself. Yeah. So, short. So, Melissa's yeah. short. Um, we definitely worked with him being on a short leash a lot. I think he was used to being on a short leash just because when we would get into those situations, we had to put him on a short leash and be okay. right there. So he wasn't, so I guess we had worked on it. He never, he did pull when he was a puppy, but you know, we, we got away from that pretty easily, you know, over just over time. But, um, yeah, I don't think we had any formal heel training. It was just right. kind of our made up version. If I'm being completely honest. <laughs> well, and you know, I think when the dog, like for the most part walks pretty good on the leash, it's not like high priority, right? Like, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. So, um, and you know, in addition to this stuff, we worked on, on the, uh, the behavior of greetings too, right? Because people coming to the door is like, yeah, we're still working on that one. He's getting better. (laughs) Work in progress. Work in progress. Work in progress. Okay. So, um, and then you guys were able to do some of like the groundwork, like out in the world because Boone is super food motivated, right? So he he was able to focus on you in the world pretty easily, right? You guys were able to maintain your normal walks just with a few tweaks. You didn't have to like make major changes to what you were doing. Right. No, no, definitely not. He's very food motivated and we've always used that food for his training before we started working with you. Um, I think starting to work with you, we realized how food motivated he was, you know, I I didn't like, I knew, but now I'm like, Oh wow. Really much. So, um, so we didn't have to change much. Uh, and he, we still bring him everywhere, even when he was a lunatic. <laughs> so he's used to being out in the, out in the real world. But uh, 
now we have the tools to make it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. And then, so I want to talk about how the initial game plan was to create space from the other dogs. Right. right. I feel like you guys were already doing that to an extent, right? Like Alex, I feel like you were like, yeah, we give him some space sometimes. Right. Like, it's not like you were just like trying to pass the dog like super close before. Right. No. Yeah. I think naturally we just tried to create space and whatever command, you know, we had at the time, which was whether we were saying heal or trying to tell him no to not, um, you know, engage the other animal, the other dog, right? So it was definitely unguided. And the best thing, and I've told you this a bunch of time, Rachel, it was more of training us than it was training Boone, right? right? Oh, that's the sure. knowledge on how to give him, you know, the commands and make sure he's doing what he needs to do instead of just whatever he wants to do, right? So <laughs> yeah, that, for sure. Well, and it's, it's training and coaching the team right? Because yeah. all three of you are team Boone, right? Like it's not just Boone, it's all three of you. So, you know, and that's definitely something that like I always suggest for reactivity is like, how can we create space so that we're seeing less of the reactivity? And so that right. was another like initial piece of advice, right? That I was like, when you see dogs on walks, you need to create even more space than you've been creating. Right. 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 And I, I think before too, we were just creating space almost out of like, for lack of a better word, fear you know, to just avoid the situation. And then we realize how much space we need to create to like have success and be training versus being avoiding. Cause I, I personally was avoiding Alex was like I said, a little more laid back. So he's like, Oh, we're fine. We're all like, Oh gosh, dog down the street. Let's go other way. Turn right. Like, you know, so I think it changed from when we learned the skills from knowing what he can and can't do versus me just running away from the situation. For sure. Well, and I think, you know, I think we can just kind of touch on this a little bit. Like, I think we can all agree that holding on to a leash of a dog who's doing backflips is not the most enjoyable experience on the human. Yeah, life. no. Right? You just kind of stand there and like wave, like, we're trying. Yeah. Every single time. I'm sorry, we're working on training. Like, yeah. every single time right yeah okay, sometimes okay. they're happy sometimes they're not yeah <laughs> okay so so that was the initial foundation and then in subsequent sessions we did exercises out in the world right so we did a couple of sessions where we brought Waylon into the picture right. so that we could do specific setups yes. and I think something that we figured out pretty early on is that um even just seeing Waylon with a ton of space was like really stimulating for him yes like right? he just wanted Wayland. Yeah, for sure, right? Like vocalization and he was clearly frustrated. So that is when we really took advantage of the look at that game, yes. right? So so marking Boone for looking at Waylon instead of waiting for him to look back at you. Because that was the initial plan, right? Like, okay, let's wait for him to look back at you. And I think we figured right. out that was way too high of a criteria for him. Yeah, so I think with Boone, when we were walking – and there would be a dog and there was enough space, I could wait for Boone to look at that dog, look at me, mark and reward. But when we kind of closed that gap of the space, having him look at the dog and then me marking reward before he even looked at me was like the total game changer that we needed. Um, and we still use to this day. If I see he's reacting, I mark and reward before he, or if I see he's like really into a dog, maybe he hasn't reacted yet. I mark and reward before he can react. And then he's like, Oh, okay. I keep looking at her and I keep getting the treats. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
And then when we're far enough away from the dog, he willingly looks at us now. Um, and then we always, we treats everywhere, all everywhere we go. Yes. <laughs> it's really just kind of learning what his threshold was. Um, and having to know mm -hmm. if you wait for him to look at you or if you see he's going to react and you mark and reward before he can react. And he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll stay calm and I'll keep getting more of these bones. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. So do you feel like initially like understanding that like that like fine line was a little challenge, like more challenging than it is now? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. I think now it's just like second nature to us like I can tell oh we're on the same side of the sidewalk which by the way we never walked on the same side of the sidewalk before training um okay if I'm the same side of of the sidewalk as another dog coming you know at me I'm I'm Mark and rewarding you know 10 feet before they get there and Boone does great yep. and then if they're on the other side of the sidewalk I just let him have a chance and see if he'll give me his attention back um but definitely took a little bit to figure it out um but once you got it, you got it. <laughs> yeah, right? And I feel like you both, like, relatively quickly, like, figured out some of, like, those subtle body language cues from him, too. Oh, yeah. Right? That, like, when he was staring and you gave him, like, like two or <laughs> Yes, right, right. right. Like, the, the, the intense stare. And if you waited, like, two or three seconds and he didn't disengage on his own, you knew, like, it's time to act or an explosion is next. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can – once you start paying attention, you pick up on the body – language really quick yeah it just you got to know to be paying attention i guess and maybe we didn't realize that beforehand you yeah, know agreed. like we just kind of waited until the explosion and then tried to react and give him command versus beating him to it preemptive yeah. yeah yeah for sure and i feel like that was like a huge focus for us right it was like okay how can we be proactive about this to prevent the explosions because you know, I remember, I think it was session three when we brought Waylon and as soon as he saw him, right, it was like barking and like, mm -hmm. the, oh my God, but he's over there. And he stayed heightened for quite a while, right? Like, like session. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. And like, we gave them a ton of space. Like we really did our best to try and set that up. But then, you know, in session four, when we brought Waylon back, we, we were marking and rewarding for looking and he never escalated to that level. He was able to stay lower and participate. Right in a different way than he was before right absolutely i agree yeah okay so guys so let's talk about where where you guys are at today with training so you can walk on the same side of the sidewalk as another dog i we sure can that's um, amazing you know to put it in perspective for those listening our last session with you was like late december and it's late january now so only a month ago um but just having the tools and i mean we go on walks every day uh so, you know, he's training it every day, which is, I think, like, key. Uh, yeah. It's just to always be training. Always. Always. Yeah. <laughs> like, anywhere, we, like, that you went to Home Depot today, training. Like, yeah, went to the brewery yesterday, training. Like, um, but, yeah, no, um, we can walk on the same side of the sidewalk as other dogs now. Um, there's really, honestly, I mean, I, I'm definitely – Marking and rewarding when we're on the same side of the sidewalk, uh, you know, saying yes and giving him a treat before the dog's coming and having his attention on me the whole time we're passing that dog. Um, I'm experimenting a little bit with letting him wait and look at me. Um, you know, the other day I, I waited when we were on the same side 
and he did react. Granted, the other dog reacted first. You know, yeah. it was another dog who was just like him, like very hyper, probably wanted to play with him. But I was able to uh, mark and reward the rest of the way, and he immediately stopped and kept walking. So oh, he, he was able to come <laughs> down from that before, like, nothing. He wanted to come down, but he was able to, like, do one little – turn and yelp and then I started marking rewarding and walking away and he just followed me the whole time and didn't I mean he would look back at the dog but then he would look right back at me you know Uh, so it's like night and day really I would definitely agree with that yes um even we were hiking the other day and he was mostly on leash the whole time and uh passed a lot of dogs and he I don't think reacted to one I mean, no, with no. us so giving him commands. Uh, yeah, as long as he's in, we're engaged and he's engaged, right, you know, he stays engaged. The other way around, you know, you just have to always be paying attention. You know what I mean? You have be to engaged, right? Which, and he's yeah. still in the early stages too. Which obviously, you know, that'll progress over the months and the years, and right? He'll just naturally, right? right. Exactly. Now, yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty easy right now. He's doing pretty well. <laughs> Yes, you guys are so awesome. Seriously. And, you know, and I think, have you noticed anything, like, observably from Boone? Like, obviously less reacting, reactive, but do you think he's just, like, more relaxed in general and, like, happier to engage in you than he was before? Yeah, I definitely feel like he's just a more relaxed dog. I think the only time he gets hyped up still we're still working on is when we have guests over. Yeah. <laughs> That's just a tough one because we only have guests over every so often, you know. Right. Um, but he is able to come down. But he is able to he is able to come down a lot easier now. Um and that's right, just, so you can reset him and manage him a lot quicker than like having yes. to like bring him back down to earth for like twenty five or thirty minutes. For sure. Yeah. 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 I was over and over over Christmas time we took him to the 16th street mall for those who are in Denver and familiar, which is a very, very crowded walking area. We took him to a market. Um, and he did great. I mean, we were very engaged with him and we had him on a a short leash of course, but, uh, I mean, really blew me away. Uh, and I think that was the day after the day of our last session. We did that. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, it's, it's made just a, a tremendous difference in, wanting to take Boone places and feeling comfortable and just making things more enjoyable for us. Cause you know, we're not all anxious and just worried about the dog the whole time. Uh, and knowing how to manage him when something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. It goes awry. Right. And I feel right. like that's a really empowering place to come from, like knowing what to do to change the behavior and know you're working towards that instead of feeling right. like, here we are again with this right. behavior we don't want to see. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So guys, um, I'd love to hear from both of you on this. What advice would you give to um, owners of dogs who are just like Boone, who just love people and dogs, but when they're on leash, they just can't keep it together? Alex, you want to go first? Um, yeah, I uh, will go first. Um, I would say, especially for me, someone like, what Megan was describing where, you know, I've had dogs before, you know, no simple training, but um, obviously just not enough to be able to make him the awesome and great dog that, you know, he should and every dog owner should be. So my advice would be, you know, just reach out, you know, just kind of do your research, uh, find a great person that's willing to go the extra mile and help you. 
um, in your animal so you can uh, both be, uh, you know, the best you can, right? Oh, for sure. For sure. And I think, um, obviously, I agree. (laughs) 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 Obviously, I agree. But um, someone like me who, like, gets very, like, anxious and amped up, um, I've learned definitely, like, if I'm getting amped up, he's getting more amped up. So just trying to relax a little bit and like if you have gone through training or understand what you're supposed to do like just think about what you're supposed to do and rather not get all worked up about it um because the more worked up you get the more worked up your dog gets uh but definitely just realizing that if you need help it's totally fine and it's gonna give you a lifetime of easy easy going with your dog yeah Uh, for sure initial investment and it it is an investment but it's a it's so so worth it um and even just things like this now I feel like I understand how to train other things too yes you Um, can apply these principles to other aspects of his life I think we worked on I don't know three four or five different main things but now I feel like I can easily train other things knowing the fundamentals you know it's it's not like I need help for every single thing. I, I understand how to train my dog because yeah. I think we learned probably more than Boone learned <laughs> yeah, sure. in, in, like, in a good way. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like we learned so much and now we can teach it to our dog over time. You know, um, we have a bright future. That's for sure. And it takes time. I guess that's another thing. It, it takes time. Uh, like you said, we probably met over five times over three months. Yeah. And, and we were working with him every single day in between those meetings with what we learned. So takes yeah. time. No. And you guys did the work, right. And it showed, and we were able to progress so quickly in sessions. And I think that, you know, if you want to make behavior change, you got to commit and you got to do it because right. if you step up, the dog's behavior will change. For sure. Right. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I just think everywhere you go, have those treats if they're food. <laughs> yes, exactly. Got to have those every, treats. Yes. Okay. Every, so, um, if people want to follow along on Boone's fantastic life, where can they find you guys? Uh, you can follow Boone on Instagram. Yes. Boone, B-O-O-N-E, boy, B-O-Y dot dude, D-O-O-D. Oh my God, guys. He's just like so perfectly fluffy and adorable and he has such a good got a haircut. Yes. Oh my God. You guys, thank you so much for taking the time. I so appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for chatting with us. Okay, guys. So I do not take promoting a product lightly. I really don't. I'm not going to tell you about a product I don't really believe in and I'm not going to tell you about a product that doesn't have a fabulous team behind the product. But I was out of CBD for probably like two weeks and then the lovely ladies at VetCS got me another bottle and I didn't really think about it but after I started giving the dog CBD again Waylon's energy level greatly increased I think that the CBD helps him feel so much better so guys this is not a gimmick there is no bullshit I believe in this product and if you think that your dog could benefit from CBD I highly suggest check out VetCS you can learn more about CBD for dogs cats and horses at VetCS cs.com and you can use code disorderly dogs for 10% off your first purchase. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram 
at a good feeling underscore in co. You can also find us on Facebook at a good feeling dog training, as well as our website, agfdogtraining.com. Thank <laughs> you.